0: It's the Gigot Central Takeover Hour,
1: presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen. With Chris Clark. The 2007 South Toronto class was... At that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC, which is amazing. West Mitchell.
0: You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And
2: Tyler Head's been a great week for South Carolina on the recruiting front. Still certainly plenty to talk about on the home of the game 1075 the game. Welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, Wes, and Chris along with you on this uh, Friday morning. Guys, I wrapped up the last hour of the extra point talking about embarrassing sports moments. That was spurned from uh, Kevin Durant slipping the other night when making a pregame layup. He did actually end up spraining his knee, but like the look on his face told you that he knew that was going to become like a meme or people were going to make fun of him or something like that. Um I brought up my own personal embarrassing sports moment that didn't actually happen on the field. Anything uh, from your guys's athletic careers that stands out as embarrassing to you? Ath- athletic career. It doesn't. Okay, That's it, a- it, it doesn't have to be like organized athletics. It can be pick up basketball, a game of golf, you know, something like that. Anything? I'm, I'm waiting
0: on Chris.
1: I'm. I'm actually waiting to hear Tyler. You. You got to remind us. I was wondering. By the way, they're showing that clip of Durant, and I was wondering if that's why. Yes, that's that up. why. I called a portion of your show,
2: finishing up some writing last hour. Um, what was yours, abbreviated version? So I, can't, I couldn't think of anything specifically, and I played baseball and wrestled. Yeah. Um, so I can't think of anything specifically that happened to me on the field of play itself. But my freshman year of high school, playing on the freshman baseball team, we went to a McDonald's after a game, and you know we're 14, 15-year-old boys, right? Some of my teammates thought it'd be a good idea to go play on the playground, which like the age limit on that thing is like seven, eight years old, right? We're clearly too old for it. Now, I'm one of those people. I don't like to break rules because I feel like I'm always the one that's going to get caught and get in trouble for it. This was a shining example of that. After a few minutes, when I realized I was the only one not on this playground, I was like, okay, fine. I'll go do it. So I climb up in the top of this thing, and no sooner do I get up there, somebody shouts, the manager is coming. To which everybody flees, right? Except you. Except me. I'm up at the very top, and like my only way out is to go down this slide. So I go down the slide, and when I get to the bottom, the manager is staying there with his hands on his hips, like, aren't you a little old to be on the playground? And I probably just said, I'm sorry, or something like that. I don't remember what I said, but I looked around, and all of my teammates had made it back into the restaurant and were on the other side of the glass, pointing and laughing at me. I was the only one that got caught doing this. Classic.
0: I, uh, peer pressure, man. I just started really, laughing, really, thinking really about is. a manager
1: coming out and just, just seeing a 14 year old you.
0: Yeah. Just
1: sliding down helplessly.
0: Let, let me just say, though, man, don't feel too bad. I got yeah. a feeling that happens. <laughs> that probably happened quite a bit. Wes well, is like, like, I was just in the playground the other day. No, no I, I just, I mean, you're <laughs> high school, you're,
2: you're an oh, idiot. Yeah. You know, like if you're, when you're that, yes. like it, I, I look back to that age. It, it's something I can <laughs> think back and laugh on now, but like, for the days after that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't you're believe mortified. that just happened. Like, nobody nobody mentioned that, please. Yeah, but seriously, guys, think back to when you were that age. Oh, yeah, doing <laughs> dumb stuff all the time. Like yeah.
0: I, I'm a, I thank God every day that I'm alive based on <laughs> decision-making back then. Like, 14-year-old male kid, like, yeah, you're a moron back then. Right. Uh, I was trying to think if I got embarrassing ones. I, I do have one that's pretty bad. I was I was hesitant if I was going to share it, but you know what? Who cares? Um, so my my I don't know if this is my most embarrassing one, but looking back at the time, I was definitely mortified. So I played um, I, I played like multiple sports growing up, but more just like rec leagues. So baseball was a sport that I was only like decent at, yeah, uh, which I played through high school, but. You know, everybody played like wreck basketball and sure. for that level, like I was decent. Like I wasn't awful. Just and I, I loved it. Like I, I had a blast. Yeah. And I actually so I I played one game when I I didn't really feel too good, but I I, I loved playing, so I wanted to play. And we had this moment where We were just sort of going up and down. Like, the game got going back and forth pretty fast. You know, in basketball, you're sprinting back and forth a a pretty good bit. And I actually kind of went on a little run where I scored, like, I think it was about six or eight points in a row. We had been just going back and forth, like, sprinting, sprinting, sprinting. Well, I didn't take myself out, even though I was, like, dying. Yeah. And so I ended up, there was, like, a break in the action. I ended up walking, like, towards the huddle to the side. And literally, just felt my stomach drop. Like Ugh. this is over, and got sick in front of everyone um, on the side of the court. And of course, you know everybody. You are a kid, sure. You know everybody's looking at you. I was probably, I don't know, sixth grade or something like that. I don't yeah. know. I don't remember what the age groups were for rec basketball, but this is pre high school. I know that. Um, but, but of course, at the time, I am like. So freaking embarrassed. So that was your flu game? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it did You went on a run though. It didn't end didn't end well. You just exhausted yourself for your team. Well, I, sh- I should have just been like, all right guys, I need to take a quick break here and <laughs> see, I'm guys, tired. I'm tired of carrying See Y'all, guys, I'm putting it
2: all out on the court. You guys need to step up. So exactly. A lot of
1: I can't really think of a lot of specifics of mine because um a lot of mine are probably just like boneheaded plays that I made. You know, doing different things, including probably. I mean, I still go out and play ball sometimes, just goofing off with guys, and probably just there's a bunch of them from that silly things I did or said. But I do remember in high school, I ran a track early in high school, and I ran the 800 normally, and one week, my coach told me, you know, he wanted me to try the 400, which I was not as good in. you know, just wasn't my, wasn't my thing. And, um, I was only decent anyway at track in general. And I remember I needed some, uh, cleats for that, some track cleats. And so for some reason I picked out these like red Nikes and, um, I guess I thought I was a sprinter at that point. So I got these red Nikes and I got made fun of a lot. Like people called me Ronald McDonald and stuff. So that's pretty good. That's, that was pretty embarrassing. I mean, it was, it was a little, um, it doesn't sound bad now. You're just like, whatever, man, people made fun of your shoes. But you remember, I mean, I don't know if any of y'all ever got your shoes
2: made fun of. That was a tough thing back in the day. Yeah, I, I remember uh, before I knew about what brands were cool in like middle school, I remember like, man, where'd you get those shoes, man? Like, yeah, I, I get it.
0: I, yeah. I, I feel like back then too, Maybe the, maybe the flashy different, Colors of shoes. Like, nowadays, people wear all kinds of crazy-looking yeah. shoes. Like, it's a thing. But back then, maybe maybe Chris was just before his time on having some... You were some setting
2: of, the
1: trend. I, flashy. I think people are like, number one, why do you have those? You're not a sprinter. And <laughs> number two, you look silly. You can't pull that look
2: off. And you they're know, right on both. Speaking of shoes, I do... Re- that actually brought this up to me. So my freshman year of uh, baseball in high school... I'd only ever played rec league up to that point. I'd never played with spiked cleats before. I'd only ever used rubber cleats because that's what the rec league allowed. You couldn't have spiked cleats there. So I showed up to the first day of high school baseball in rubber cleats. Everybody else had spiked cleats and, and my parents had already bought one pair of cleats. They weren't going to go out and buy another pair. It's like, no, you're going you're gonna to play with those this season. So I did get made fun of for my shoes as well because I was the only one in rubber cleats. See, it's devastating. It is tough. It's a
1: really tough one. Um, don't know if uh, any of the, I think all the Gamecock football running backs generally match up in cleats. Yeah. Right? There's limited options. So there's probably no infighting or probably not like, making fun of them. Well, I mean, you're also getting supplied cleats too. Supplied cleats. Yeah. So there's, there's only so many options. Probably everybody wearing the same ones, practice and games. So. We're going to dive in, right, a little bit to Gamecock running backs today. And Wes has a interesting topic that I'm pretty excited about. I have notes, Wes. Oh, no. I have a page of notes that can be dangerous. They're over there. I've hid them under my laptop. I probably can't back. read them, so I'm not going to even look over you, there. You definitely,
2: I assure you, you can't read them, oh, which let's is go, part of my secret. Let's go ahead and run to our first timeout. We'll come back on the other side, jump into the running back discussion uh, as we continue on here. I want to let you know, though, about the 107.5 the Game Spring Golf Classic. Coming up on Friday, March the 24th at Charwood Golf Club in West Columbia. Give Charwood a call at 803-755-2000 to register. It is $100 a person and $400 a team. Going to have some autographed items from Gamecock athletes out there as well, and one lucky person wins season tickets to all remaining USC baseball games. Lunch will also be provided by Firehouse Subs. Don't miss your chance to be a part of the 107.5 The Game Spring Golf Classic. We'll be right back. Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs founded by Fireman with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell and Tyler
1: Head on your home of the Gamecocks 1075 The Game
2: And back on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs mm, Tyler, Wes and Chris along with you. You know yesterday we dove into the quarterback position where You have a wealth of depth there. And obviously, we know Spencer Rattler is going to be the start of this upcoming fall. But looking at the running back position, it's kind of the opposite story. You have Juju McDowell returning. You have Mario Anderson coming in from D2 Newberry. But as far as scholarship guys go, that's all you have right now.
1: Yeah, it it is a completely different picture in just about every way than quarterback. You you don't really know who your established starter is. Probably even going into spring, will they...
0: Got your happy price, price
1: line. Even if you project it all the way forward to the season, you're just not sure. There's just there's not a returner that is, say, a two-year starter. You've got a guy in Juju McDowell that's got some experience at South Carolina um, who has starter capability, but he has a unique skill set that... Uh, limited sounds like a bad word, so le- let's not use that, but it's a unique skill set. He's not... Someone that when you get into third downs and you need somebody to come in and block, you know, a Georgia linebacker, you're going to say, I I feel great about this. Right. He's not someone that um, is going to carry the ball and be your workhorse 25 times a game. It's, It's just a different situation. Then you've got a question with Mario Anderson because he was phenomenal at Newberry. But it's fair to ask the question, okay, will that translate? Um, You know, it's probably fair to expect that he won't have as much production as he did at Newberry. But the staff does feel that some of those traits, you know, carry over. Um, And you just look at what you lost there. So last season, out of the top five rushers from last year in terms of attempts, you know, you lose three of those guys. Marshawn Lloyd was your top one. Jaheem Bell um, was your second. He was actually tied with Spencer Rattler, if you count Rattler's attempts. But he, he was your second uh, leading ball carrier in terms of attempts. And then CBS, who was limited most of the year, was number five. Right? So you lose all three of those guys. One of those was Rattler, and those stats are skewed because I think that's counting in probably sacks. sacks. So really, that leaves you with Juju out of your returning guys. Dante Miller, as we've reported, has a waiver out, um, and we'll see what happens there, and that would be, a honestly, probably pretty significant if you could get him back for another year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Dante could probably help this team, Yeah, and we, we actually heard some really good feedback on Dante, I was going to say this time last year, but it would have been this, it would have been last summer, actually, but... You know, I think that's a guy that kind of was behind a bunch of other players this year, but now it's sort of opened up in front of him. We'll see what happens there, but maybe an under-the-radar thing to keep an eye on. And, you know, Chris, I don't really see necessarily the kind of Jaheim Bell, just sort of wild card, not wildcat, but wild card option. You know, we, we saw them sort of say, all right, What gets the best 11? Who's the next best person? And they said, look, we're just going to play Jaheim Bell at running back. I know fans can debate the merits of that. Me personally, I thought for what they were looking for, which was like a big bodied back who could go play in the SEC and be an every down back, I honestly thought he was the next best option behind Mm -hmm. Marshawn Lloyd. I I thought that was completely the the correct decision when they did that last year. So um, you, you don't have that sort of extra option, which means, you know, and we'll, we'll tie this all together. My question of the day was basically, you know, give me your most creative position switch or your best position switch for this coming team. And, you know, you and I asked Beamer about position swaps, changes going into the spring. And he basically said, no, not yet. There's nothing that's set in stone. But he did mention A lot of what they did last year with the running game didn't necessarily involve moving a guy to running back. But we did see them, after they had injuries at the position, they started to get more involved in the running game. I thought he was fantastic on some reverses. They got Juice Wells a little bit more involved. It sounds like that will be a big part of what they they do this year. And, you know, guys, I, I thought that... In some ways, like, I, I, I think they they obviously would have liked to have had a healthy Marshawn Lloyd. But in some ways, that forced them to be a little bit more dynamic in what they called in the running game. In some weird way, it actually kind of helped them. That's how they decided to put uh, Nate Atkins in the backfield as a personal protector as well, forcing them to get creative Um Helped in some ways. And it sounds like, from what Beamer told us, that's going to be something they highly consider going into this year as well, particularly if nobody steps up and just takes that position, which, you know, I think Chris is going to be determined by how does, um, you know, how do the guys look in the spring? Who can they get in the transfer portal after the spring? Lots of factors involved there. Yeah. And it was interesting because, you know, I know you and I talked about this
1: on our podcast the other day the identity of this team kind of shifted beginning of last season. The thought was, okay, you got Spencer Rattler, some receivers. um, You're going to air it out. Um, As it turned out the beginning part of the season, it was more of, well, this team looks a lot better when they can just give Marshawn Lloyd the ball, run the football. Then that kind of got derailed for a variety of reasons. And what USC ended up settling on, you know, you always think back to the Tennessee and the, and the Clemson game, right? You did become more of a pass-first team. Part of that was necessity. Marshawn Lloyd missed the Tennessee game. You didn't run the ball very well against Clemson at all anyway. So you end up finding some success in the passing game. You're scaling it back. You're using Nate Atkins. How, how you outlined Wes. So that, those were good things. But here's what we do know. You can't count on that again this year. You do need to be able to line up at times and run the football. And so obviously health is going to play into that. But there are a lot of personnel questions on this team. And so when you think about getting creative this year, you know, how do you accomplish that? And so uh, using Leggett, using juice wells in the run game or using them as kind of an extension of the run game on on sweeps, that's something you may see. Um, What else do we see? you know, that kind of gets more creative. Again, you need to be able to line up, hand the ball to a running back and run the football in some form or fashion. Is that going to be their bread and butter? I wouldn't think so because that wouldn't be very smart given what we know and what they have right now.
2: So if they don't mess around with position switches throughout the spring and you're just going with McDowell and uh, Mario Anderson, especially with this spring, Dow Loggins coming in, trying to set his offensive system for this upcoming fall, how much of an effect does that have when you don't, have a full fleshed out running back room just yet.
0: I mean, I think it's a huge effect. I think it, it, you know, in some ways, guys, it even kind of affects how you can practice um, just mechanically, like logistically, as far as having enough guys to be able to split your teams. They like to do quite a bit of, uh, you know, the stuff where you'll have two teams going at once, kind of back-to-back going to opposite directions. And, you know, I think that's where, you start talking about, I mean, you can pull up the roster for the spring. You know, Nathan uh, Harris, Waynick, DJ Twitty, Bradley Dunn, uh, Chase McCracken, Hilton Head kid who came in as a preferred walk-on and redshirted last year. You know, they, they do have enough numbers, I think, looking at the roster to to be able to practice to where I think you're fine there. But, you know, I, I think where your concern is going into next season, now you do add DJ Braswell, more and more, you're saying, okay, one, you wish he was already here to go through spring practice. Two, you're saying he's maybe going to have to play, at least the way things look right now. But even if Mario Anderson emerges and has a great spring, which um, I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. Like I, I think he could be a really good player, potentially for South Carolina. But even then... We know how often running backs get dinged up. Even if you avoid the big injuries, like not to speak it into existence, but it's just one of those things. Your running backs get dinged up because they take so much physicality. They take on so much physicality. So you almost, even if Anderson were just emerge, you'd be very happy with that if you're Carolina staff. You got to be thinking who's next, who's after that. Again, Juju's going to play a role. But I'm thinking more along the lines of a guy who can take that, you know, 15, 16, 17 carry day in the SEC. I I can't think, and maybe y'all can, I can't think
1: of a season in the last, I don't know, century, 10 years (laughs) ever since since I've been covering. I cannot think of one in which you're going, man, South Carolina just had a healthy slate of backs all year. Like something happens inevitably, even if it's your starters banged up, limited, or missing one game. A lot of times, it's a lot more than that. You know, I mean, uh, the year that Brandon Wilds, I think, started as the fourth or fifth string running back, and now he's out there playing against Clemson late in the season. Stuff like that happens. And so, you know, you're going into a situation where not only is your, your, your kind of starting situation unsettled, but your practice can be affected, as you said, Wes because you just don't have a ton of depth. And when you get kind of into the, into the grind of the season, which will be a difficult one, South Carolina's schedule every year It's going to be tough, then um, that can make for an unsettling situation, certainly.
2: Keep this conversation going about the running backs on the other side. As we head into this break, though, have a pair of tickets to Saturday's baseball game against Bethune-Cookman out at Founders Park. Be caller number 5 at 803-404-6100. Win yourself that pair of tickets. We'll be right back. Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with
1: Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler
2: Head on your home home of the Gamecocks. Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. And welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Now, I was talking about this spring golf classic coming up in a couple weeks, and lunch for that would be provided by Firehouse Subs. Now, you don't have to wait two weeks to enjoy some Firehouse Subs. In fact, you can enjoy the sub of the day today. You could go
0: right now to subs.com, or you could go download the app, Firehouse Subs. Hit that rapid rescue. That's the best way to do it. You can send in your order and then you can pick it up very quickly, very efficiently. You could get the sub of the day, which is, Chris has told me, the Jamaican jerk chicken. Or you can get whatever else you want. Uh, personally, prefer the meatball with pepperoni. Turkey, bacon, ranch, a sub on a club. I mean, I have about five favorites that I'm working off of, Chris. Yeah, you can just keep going. My original favorite is roast beef. Add some oil and vinegar on there. Uh, They're all good, but point being, you got choices. Get what you want, and uh, just hit that rapid rescue. It's very, very easy, and I promise you there, if you're in the Columbia area, Chris, there is a firehouse subs near you, Pretty much wherever you are, because there are what fourteen locations 14 in, the in the Midlands. Yep. Very efficient.
2: So getting back to our conversation about running backs and the limited number that you're going to have through the spring, I mean, I think it's pretty much a given you're going to be looking at the transfer portal in this once uh, spring ends as you're going into summer to try and fill that room up a little bit more. I mean, what what types of backs are you think they need to bring in? Is there any names that potentially stick out to you as guys that could possibly be available? All backs, I think. <laughs> uh, good
0: backs, uh, yes. Fast backs,
2: strong backs. <laughs>
0: Any back that can help you, I think. Uh, You know, I don't think there's any names yet because we're in this weird time period where the window is not open right now unless you're a grad transfer. You know, South Carolina, there is a a grad transfer O-line out there that uh, reportedly got offered um, by South Carolina yesterday. So it does still happen. Uh, You know, you do still have some offers, some guys entering the portal right now because if they are grad transfers— Thanks to Chris over here, he told me this rule. If you're a grad transfer, you can enter the portal pretty much whenever you want, I guess. But So there's this kid, Cameron Johnson. But for the most part, you're not seeing guys enter the portal right now. So you're kind of wait and see. Uh, again, Cameron Johnson, an offensive lineman, but Carolina has said, Chris, they, they're not going to turn down great players if they can help out of the portal. However... I think everything we've heard sort of points to running back and that edge position as being the two spots to keep an eye on, maybe a DB if the right guy came along, you know, or if a superstar comes along and it's just maybe from your state or there's a prior connection, of course you're going to, you're going to take them. But from a roster management standpoint, those are really the two spots I think you look at and it's just hard to know. Like I've, I've had some, you know, I've had some friends kind of ask me like off the record, like, Hey, um, do you think, do you think we can fill that those roles in the transfer portal? And my answer has just been, h- how do you even answer that right now? Like you you don't know who's going to be in the portal. I know there, there's buzz, there's rumblings about stuff like that. Yeah, but most of these players have either not gone through spring practice yet for for their current teams, or they're about to go through spring practice and or have just started, it, I should say. So, I mean, how do you, how do you even answer that at this point? You, you don't. The best answer
1: you can give is: Will South Carolina add a portal running back? And we can almost definitely say yes, because they have to. They almost have to add somebody. You know, and and that kind of sounds negative. It's really not. It's just being smart and trying to be resourceful. Um I, I can't imagine South Carolina standing pat. I mean, it seems like there will be somebody that goes into the portal that, at the minimum, you take a flyer on, whether that's a guy that you know used to be highly rated and kind of hasn't had the career he envisioned for whatever reason at the school he's at, or a guy from a lower level like Amario Anderson that South Carolina's had some success like that. You bring another guy like that up, um, it, it's it's going to be hard to pluck a super-established running back from a place where, I mean, you're not going to get a guy who's like, you know, I'm the starter at Alabama. I think I'm going to leave. You know, it doesn't make any sense.
2: Well, and we've seen Shane Beamer not be afraid to dip down into uh, the FCS level, into the Division two level, like with Mario Anderson. So, you know, that that might be the place you end up looking, where you maybe have a yeah. star guy at an FCS school that you say, hey, you come here, you could be our number one guy this fall.
1: Yeah, I mean, some guys want to bet on themselves. Juice Wells did that. It's uh, worked out phenomenally for him. Or Mario Anderson, who's a kid from the state of South Carolina, who has done about all he could at that level. Now you step up a level and try to improve your own stock. It's obviously wide open at running back for South Carolina to where, it's not even a question as to wh- whether or not Mario Anderson's going to have a shot to play a good bit this season. He absolutely does. Um, so going back to the question of you know just what type of back, who it may be, we really don't know. I mean, you, you can look back the last portal window, the last round of visits, around the time that South Carolina did get a commitment from Mario Anderson, they had offered Dominic Richardson, who was an Oklahoma State transfer, uh, got him in on an official visit. We were tracking it pretty closely, Wes. looked like they might get him. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, uh, he's a, I think he's from Texas originally. He ends up committing to Baylor, so that makes sense. Um, he was just about 6'1", 200 or so, but kind of played even more physical th- than that would indicate. I do think the one thing we can probably say is that you would probably think it's more of a big type back. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a Mario Anderson or a Kevin Harris type back but it probably means not a scat-back type, right? You're going to want somebody that's comparable in size to a Mario Anderson or a Marshawn Lloyd, but those two guys have very different skill sets. So it's probably just about best available and trying to get somebody who has some traits you like or has some proven production from the past.
0: Yeah, D- Dylan Johnson, the other transfer they heavily pursued, he's a bigger guy as well. You know, I think in the six foot 215, 220 range, uh, but I, I'll use the phrase you just used, man. That's where my head went. Was best available. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't think you're going to go necessarily get a scat back. Um, however, if if a really good one just popped up, then I don't know if you could completely rule that out either. I, I think it's all about finding best available. And I, you know, I'll be honest, y'all. Like I, I think it's going to be a little bit harder to find that in this window than it would have in the prior window because. Now, you know, there there are guys that are just inherently, for whatever reason, unhappy where they're at right now. And you see those guys kind of leave at the end of the season. And, you know, then they hit the portal, they find their new home, and they go through spring. Well, pretty much, I don't want to say all of them, a lot of the guys who are going to transfer out right now will be guys that were in a situation where they were not going to play at their current school. And so for me, like I, I think there are some dangers in taking, you know, these former blue chip guys who just have not impacted at all at their current school because there a lot of times there is a reason for that happening. Now, may, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe it's a guy who's just really good but has been behind – you know three great players like that does happen but for positions other than quarterback especially close the closer you get to the, like the actual season i i think your your chances of finding that guy who just comes in and is a superstar for you continues to diminish i will say this carolina has a great story to tell they got Spencer Rattler back they got Juice Wells back they have momentum as a program they finished the year on a high note with the offense there is a great story to tell a big time back to come in and, and sort of join up with those guys. But that guy has to actually exist, right? Like, I think people forget we, we live in reality. Like, this is not a video game. Sure. The guy has to
2: actually be out there and exist in the real world. Right. And for whoever that may be, I feel like the selling point of South Carolina can come at them with is, look, we're super thin at this position. Again, if you come here, you're going to get your shot to be our number one guy or at least see significant playing time. So that, again, got to find – these people have to exist first, but I feel like that's um, maybe a little bit easier to sell than some of these other programs that do have a full running back room already. And I think it begs the question of like –
1: and it's it's one that I don't think we can answer – is the starter at running back this season on the roster or not? And I don't think we know the answer to that. I mean, we may get through spring, as Wes said earlier, and Mario Anderson may have a great spring. And maybe you come out feeling better about the position. That should be the goal, right? If if the coaching staff exits the spring and they say, you know, we feel better than we did coming in about the running game because – Everybody's healthy. A that's a that's a huge key. That's the number one goal, especially to position like that. But hey, Juju grew his game. He took a leap. We feel really good about Mario Anderson. Those would be great things. But even if that's the case, you're still not going to exit the spring and say we, we feel great about this because you're still going to have some depth issues. You're still going to want to bring in another guy because of the reasons we outlined earlier. You're probably going to get banged up. You need more than two. Probably need more than three backs that you feel like you can throw in there and count on, and they, and they just don't have that right now. Um, so then where that where that takes you is get to May 1st, get to that portal window, and then see who you can add. Maybe you're adding a depth guy, if that's the case, good. Maybe you're catching that lightning in a bottle and you're getting a guy who you almost immediately, immediately feel like, hey, this guy's probably got a really good chance of being our starter a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't
2: wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Coming back on the other side, wrap up today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour. By Firehouse Subs on 1075 The Game. Firehouse Subs,
1: founded by Firemen. with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on
2: your home of the Gamecocks.
1: 1075 The Game.
2: Welcome back into the Gamecocks Digital Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Head on out to the Firehouse Subs text line 803 404 6100. And this goes back to what you guys were mentioning about the potential for. There being good backs maybe buried on the roster somewhere else. Ted and Lexton brings up Kenny Irons, who had yep. one season at Carolina, didn't produce a whole lot, and then went to Auburn and ended up kind of becoming a superstar. So that obviously didn't work out in the favor of South Carolina. That's just one example of how those things can happen. Yeah, well, and I think Kenny got caught up
0: in some recruiting promises to Demetrius Summers, <laughs> from what I remember. Yeah, um, unfortunate situation for Carolina. That that was an Intra-SEC transfer before they were cool. Yeah, you did not see that a lot then. So
2: he would have had to, what, sit out the year at Auburn. I think, think if I
0: remember correctly, he sat out a year, waited and just waited for the South Carolina game and then rushed for all 1,000 yards (laughs) against the game. That's what I remember. I don't know.
1: I remember him and Jasper Brinkley having some good goal line meetings in one game. Carolina had a, a
0: talented backfield. They could have managed it.
1: (laughs) That was the key, managing it. Yes. Um, Let me tell you guys real quick about Amy Mason Cup State Farm. If you look outside, y'all, it does not look like spring or boat season, but it is, actually, when this goes away. At least we're washing the pollen away. You can wash it off your boat. Boat insurance is hopping right now. It's a thing. You need it if you have a boat in the water. And to get your boat insurance or any kind of insurance... Auto, home, business, boat, renter's insurance, life insurance. Make sure you call the fine folks at Amy Mason Cup State Farm. South Carolina native, local agent. She and her team can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. And then when you're in the car, download the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. Up to 30% savings. Her office is at 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4 in Columbia. You can visit her website, amymasoncup.com. That's Amy Mason Cup, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P dot com or give her a call at eight oh three seven seven two five 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 four like a good neighbor state farm is there. So do we have Wes some ideas? We we, we talked earlier about giving the ball a little bit more to some receivers, some mm-hmm, sweeps, mm-hmm, getting a little creative. Mm-hmm. But I know you had discussed our most creative position changes. Now are we sticking just with running back or are we going with anything?
0: No, no 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 this is like this is like you're playing NCAA, the video, like this, this is, is a creative a player. Can, well, not creative player, but. Yeah, you can do, you, you can do both sides. You could be like, all right, this is something Carolina really should do. Okay. Or this can even be just like in an alternate reality. <laughs> I would, this would never happen in real life, but I I would do this. Yeah, like a fantasy game plan. Yeah, like, uh, like all right, I'm moving Nicky Manwari to running back. <laughs> <laughs> That's never going to happen, but he could do it. I promise you. He'd be a great running back. That would
2: be awesome for speed alone. Like Brandon and size, like Brandon I mean. Jacobs.
0: Like get him up to
1: like two. Brandon Jacobs is like six four at two sixty. To just pack on even more weight
0: to Nick, let him go. Yeah, he could. He could one hundred percent do it. So that Send that's out. my like completely outside the box one, but it that would never actually happen. Like Although it. you know, I've been dreaming of just moving Nick to like five positions. So yeah. He is going to have to play one, or one with some like Nah, he can play switches. at least two. Yeah, at the same time. <laughs> all right, what do you What do you got over there? You got a long list. Mine
1: are actually, I kind of went more realistic, and I'm okay. not going to list all of them. So, so here's one I came up with. I actually do not have anybody moving to running back on this list, which is a problem. I you do I, not understand the assignment. Yeah, well, well, these are my more realistic ones. Okay. So my dream one, I will co-sign with you in having Nick Emanwari going to running back. Okay. I'm there. All right. Cool. Now, a couple realistic ones. So a guy who's not on campus. I think I texted you this one the other day. Cam Sandlin, who will be a tight end. I kind of am a little intrigued by running back for him. Oh, and they said you weren't moving anybody to running back. Well, I, I just kind of... On the fly? On the fly. Okay. Because it's a kid who was a high school quarterback... Yeah, like he is. It. He is a bigger kid. What is he? Six three, six two, six three, two thirty ish, something like that. But he's got some natural kind of movement skills. So I like that one. Here's another one I jotted down, and then I'll shut up and let y'all go. Trey Jones into the Nate Adkins role. Is that a little bit more of a pipe dreamy
0: esque one? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I I actually have Joshua Joshua Simon in. The Nate Atkins role, so the backfield stuff. Yeah, okay. Trey, Trey can be the fullback, like he did two seasons ago. I like Trey as a personal protector type role, though. I just I think send you your blitzing have a linebacker more, at Trey Jones versatility. You got to have a little bit more just open field movement ability. You didn't see That's Trey run that two yard. I mean, play I, did, action pass. I did. I mean, I wouldn't say this to his face, <laughs> but do do you have any Tyler?
2: Yeah, I thought of uh, and he's. New, obviously, but umiya Zulu moving from edge to tight end, I mean he's six foot six seems to be pretty athletic, I think that could work yeah, he could
0: do it um I think he may he may be the starting edge right now uh, the way the way that position looks, but certainly a guy who's athletic enough, i think uh could do a number of things for you i um I was trying to think of guys you could move to the edge spot. I wrote down six guys who you got. Who do you think the first one is? (laughs) Is it Nick Harbor? (laughs) It's Nick even worry. Oh, well. Because I was
1: thinking about high school. I'm not saying do that, but he could. Again, it's like any position quarterback could do it. Yes, he could be
2: 11 on 11. His high school coach Aaron Brand down
1: there at Irmo was telling me about that before he got to campus. He was like, oh, he could 100%. If he wanted to put weight on him, put his hand down, he could do that. He's like, he even said like that might be his future. So him, Pup Howard. Six four, two forty, physical guy, he could do it. Elijah Davis. Remember Elijah Davis's clips like playing middle linebacker?
2: Mm-hmm. He
1: can move. If you slimmed him down a little bit, he could be like a Tonka Hemingway esque edge player. Jerron Willis, who played in high school, undersized in a relative sense, but he could play it. And I even wrote down um Maurice Brown, who's a really promising walk on freshman who's at tight end right now, he could do it. Connor Cox is another one I wrote down. So I just look for guys with size and traits.
0: Yeah. Um by the way, I did notice in the newest spring roster, Elijah now listed two eighty three. At one point he was listed two sixty something, I think. So certainly much more along the lines of where they want to play him defensive tackle. But I Chris, so I think in the same along the lines of how you have to create things in the running game by being creative. I I like where you're headed with the edge spot. I'm going to play Tonka at the edge opposite of strong on early downs. And then when I get into pass rush situations, I'm sliding Tonka inside. I'm bringing even worry up to play linebacker. And then I'm putting, you know, you'd have to see it in practice, but whichever guys end up being best at, at rushing the pra- passer, I thought of Jerron Willis. I know you mentioned him. You know, I thought of Bam Martin-Scott. I think he could do, do some things in the pass rush game. I'm, I'm finding who are my two true best pass rush outside guys, even if they're not actually edge designations on the roster. And I'm just putting as much athleticism in my nickel and dime looks as i possibly could the other one donovan westmoreland yes and that, that's something they've already yeah you know you already, see it in the article that's something they've already done at least in practice a bit something else uh, to the offensive side i'm i'm not putting to carry on joiner through another position change but i would be leaning heavily on putting him in the backfield alongside of spencer rattler that's something that is in their package. We you know, we we've seen them sort of mess around with putting him back there, then shifting him over, snapping the football to him, making him do a pirouette uh against Vander against Vandy on that big trick play they hit. But I I think continuing the way DeCarrion ran the ball late last season when he really looked healthy and explosive and, you know, made some plays for them, I think you have to look at getting him the ball some different ways in the running game as well i um, trying to think if I had any others. I, I think that was my main ones.
2: I got one more as we wrap up here from the Firehouse Lubs text line. Jordan says, Stone Bland at either fullback or tight end in the heavy packages. I could see that. I'm down.
0: Yeah, I could see him in the backfield. I think, I think your regular tight end stuff, like they have several guys that are going to be really good at those spots. But uh, certainly, you know, your heavies, your you know putting him in the backfield as a fullback doing some different things like that I think you could get creative with it I feel
2: like he could get you a yard on the goal line
0: yeah no doubt no doubt and that you know there there will be opportunities uh you know Beamer told us they are constantly kind of looking at what possibilities might exist to get guys on the field whether that is trying to create more depth or whether that is just a guy really isn't working out at his current spot finding a way to maybe he has an opportunity to affect this team
2: That'll do it for today's edition of the Game Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, back same time, same place on Monday. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next, 107.5 The Game.
1: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
2: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.